Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I'm your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, I'm going to be breaking down our week four NFL betting tips, player props over unders, against the spread, teasers, parlays, everything ahead of an exciting week four of the NFL. So without further ado, let's jump in. We begin, as always, with a brief overview of the past week of the NFL. Week three, it was a bit of a bloodbath in terms of injuries, injuries all around the league. Uh, this is not uncommon, but man, there, it just felt like everyone was going down. Uh, the entire Chargers team seemingly fell apart in that brutal takedown by the Jaguars on the road. Uh, more importantly, for our purposes, week three of the NFL, to me, feels like we start to really get a sense of who the players here are uh, in terms of who's going to be a contender this year, who may be a pretender. We saw a Colts team that looked dead on arrival, upset a team that many people picked to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl this year in the Kansas City Chiefs. The Colts may not be as bad as we thought they were. Uh, this happens a lot. Anyone who remembers this Colts team of the last couple years with Frank Reich, he's had a new quarterback each of the last four seasons, and each year this Colts team has come out basically deflated to start the year. They've ended up being playoff contenders by year's end, teams that each year uh, the public and the media are sort of hyping up as a real contender down the stretch. But this team always comes out and is just struggling to start. And part of that is that I think the NFL has lost a lot of practice time in terms of the preseason, in terms of uh, giving teams hitting practices ahead of the start of the NFL season. And that's in part to limit injuries, part of the new uh, collective bargaining agreement. But a result of that is a lot of times we don't really get a full sense of who's going to be good in the NFL until about a month into the season. I historically have tried to practice some form of self-control in the early part. Of, and when I say early part, I mean the first four weeks of the NFL season, because a lot of times the narrative takes hold. Uh, week one, we overreact to things. Week two, we overreact to things. Week three, we overreact to things. It's only after really week four that we have an accurate understanding of which teams are good, which teams are not, which teams we're staying away from, which quarterbacks we trust to bet on, and which coaches we're really, really not trusting. And I can tell you after this week, I've given Brandon Staley a lot of leeway, and that's, that's Chargers head coach Brandon Staley. And I'm just not doing it anymore. He is a coach who I am putting down right now as a coach I don't trust to bet on. I'm going to keep that in the back of my mind, and I'm sure that that may not last very long. But I like to, as a general practice, think to myself as the season progresses and, and write down some coaches who I just doubt, who, who I won't feel good about betting on. Because when they do some boneheaded thing like keep their quarterback in a game down four touchdowns, I will feel terrible about myself for betting on them because I knew they were a space cadet and I and I put my hard-earned money on them anyways. So keep that in mind as you're going throughout the season. Mark down coaches you don't want to bet on. You don't want to feel bad about betting on them. Mark down quarterbacks you don't want to bet on. Just, just don't do it. You'll feel better and you'll thank me later. Now let's jump into our picks for week four of the NFL. We begin with Thursday night football, the Miami Dolphins coming off an exciting win against the Buffalo Bills at home. They're going on the road to the Cincinnati Bengals. The over-under in this game is set at 47.5. The Bengals are giving four points uh, at home to the Dolphins team. This line screams fishiness to me. The Dolphins are 3-0 and against the spread so far this year. Uh, they are 
coming off a major divisional victory that they probably should have lost that game. Uh, the, the Bills ran like 69 plays and somehow didn't win the game. Despite that, the Dolphins pull that out. This offense looks rejuvenated under Mike McDaniel's new head coach. Uh, their offseason addition of Tyreek Hill seems to really be working out. And they get a Bengals team fresh off a Jets victory, seemingly having figured out some things offensively, some things defensively. It's hard to distinguish what this Bengals team really figured out versus what was just a result of playing a terrible Jets team. We shall see this week, I suppose. When I saw this line at minus four Bengals, I immediately jumped to the idea that I'm going to hammer the Bengals here. This line is fishy. I've said this before. I've said it again. I do not like to bet on these Thursday night football games, but if I did have a lean here, it would be the Bengals. The Bengals are four and one in Cincinnati over the last five games at home. So something to keep in mind, they really take care of business at home. The Zach Taylor team. Miami Dolphins are coming off a big-time, physically demanding win in which players were cramping up all over the field. It's a short week, and now they have to go on the road into Cincinnati, a team and and a crowd and a fan base that is going to be foaming at the mouth to support this team uh, at home on Thursday Night Football. Give me the Bengals, minus four, Thursday Night Football. Al Michaels on the call. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to be a fun game, and give me the Bengals here. Moving on, uh, our first Sunday game, we get a London game this week, one of my favorites. Uh, The Vikings of Minnesota play the Saints at a neutral site game. The Saints are plus two and a half. The over-under in this game is 43 and a half. If you've been listening all season, you know that you hear plus two and a half, you hear an over-under, under 49, you're like, teaser, teaser, teaser. At least that's what I'm thinking at all times when I see a line like this. The Saints this year so far are 0-3 against the spread. They come off an embarrassing loss to the Panthers in which their offense could not really get anything going. They're already injured. Kamara has been dinged up. Michael Thomas exited with a foot injury. Jarvis Landry already dealing with an ankle injury. The rookie Chris Olave was seemingly the only healthy receiver on the field by game's end. We see James Winston reportedly having these back fractures that he's playing through. He looks like a guy who can't really get it done so far this year. And Minnesota is coming off a clutch victory by Derek Carr. They lose Dalvin Cook in the third quarter. Ultimately, Derek Carr leads a miraculous kind of drive to win that game, a game that It looked like the Lions had all but sealed up on multiple occasions, and now I think the Vikings are going to be eager to go to this neutral site and really put a hurting on a Saints team that's sort of reeling. Despite that, I love the Saints as a teaser leg here. You can tease this line up to eight and a half, cross that key number of seven, uh, and we're getting a high estimated value on that pick here. Remember this game because I think I'm going to throw it in something of a primetime special throughout the week. If I had to give an ATS spread on this game, I'm probably going to stay away, but I would lean the Vikings here to cover two and a half. My main pick here is going to be that Saints plus eight and a half on the teaser leg and pairing it with some other games as we progress through this slate. Now our first one o'clock game, the Browns on the road against the Atlanta Falcons over under in this game is set at 48 and a half. The Browns are two and a half point favorites, another two and a half point line right here in, in the teaser zone, as I like to call it, low over under, a perfect prime candidate for a tease. This game's going to come up as well as, as we put together our big sort of betting slate. Uh, Cleveland has been pretty good against the spread so far this year, two and one ATS. The Browns are one in five ATS in their last six games following a win. So they're coming off a big time win. They get that added three days of rest, sort of a mini buy after a Thursday night game putting a hurting on my Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night last week. And now they get this extra rest against a Falcons team that really pulled out a tough game against the Seahawks team that just really didn't have a lot of quit in them. One thing about this Falcons team, in considering them as a teaser team, they're getting eight and a half points, right? So you're getting that higher estimated value on this pick. You also want to consider the fact the head coach here, Arthur Smith, 
has been a coach who's been really good at keeping this Falcons team in games. Even if that's not necessarily converting to wins, this Falcons team lost the most one-score games of any team in NFL history last year. This team has been consistently, consistently, consistently in games, keeping things competitive, and I love them as another teaser leg. I'm not going to put them with the Saints here because I want to sort of put together all these primetime games. We're going to figure out what exactly our card is going to look like as we proceed through these picks. But for now, just remember this Falcons line, plus two and a half points. If I had to give an ATS pick here, I would likely with the Falcons and maybe dabble a little bit on the money line here. Falcons at home. This is a frisky Falcons team with Mariota, with their offensive weapons, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and Cordero Patterson, who's coming off his best rushing game as a pro. These guys do not go away, and they could score two cheap touchdowns just with their freakish skill players late in the game. Next up, the Buffalo Bills at the Baltimore Ravens. The Bills are four-point favorites here. Over-under here is high at 51 and a half. Both these teams are 2-0 against the spread early in the season here. The Bills would probably be my early pick here. They're coming off a heartbreaking loss where I think they should have won that game. They had two opportunities late in the game to either tie or take the lead, uh, and they blow them, one at the goal line, and then they obviously run out of time. This Bills team literally ran out of time in that game. If that game goes even two seconds longer, they're walking out of that arena with a win. But unfortunately, they don't get it done, and now they're going against a Ravens team that is fresh off another Lamar Jackson electric performance. This guy looks like the class of the league. It looks like MVP Lamar Jackson here. If you look at the advanced stats on this guy, it's out of control. He leads the league in passer rating, and he leads the league in passing touchdowns, and he's third in rushing in the NFL. Not in rushing quarterbacks, in rushing overall in the league. This guy is Maybe the best athlete ever to play quarterback, and he's taking the freakish performance he put on in college, winning the Heisman as a junior, and then nearly doing it again the next year, perhaps improving in basically every statistical category the next year. And now he's taking it to the NFL and is continuing his MVP level of play ahead of seeking a contract extension this this offseason. So despite all of that, my lean here is the Bills. Uh, even at this four-point line, I'd love to get it a little lower, maybe buy the point to get it down to minus three. I think the Bills are going to be on a mission here to take care of business and to win this game and show the league why they are considered the class of the NFL. I wasn't keen on the Bills coming into this year as a regular season team because that's just not who they've been under head coach Sean McDermott. But this year, they seem to really be pressing the issue of getting up big and taking care of business, getting these commanding victories against some of these big-time opponents in the AFC. And I think they want to send a message to the league that the Dolphins pull one over on them, tough environment to play. The heat of Miami is a big, big problem for teams, especially this time of the year. And now they're going to take care of business in Baltimore against a crowd that's going to be fired up. Josh Allen's going to go for, I think, at least three touchdowns in this game. And this is going to be a, a fun one. This is one I'm circling on the schedule. It's going to be a prime Sunday ticket red zone uh, game for me. And I'm excited to see two of the funnest quarterbacks in football play. Give me the bills. Uh, more than anything, I may sprinkle a little on the over here just to have a little fun. I'm going to play anytime touchdown scorer for Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Just give me a little fun here. These quarterbacks get pretty good odds on these anytime touchdown scorers. And I'd love to have a little action on two guys who I think are two of the funner players to watch. Moving on, the commanders of Washington at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are three-point favorites. Maybe Dak Prescott coming back this game. He had some weird comments during the Monday Night Football game this week. The over-under in this game is set at 42 and a half. 
The Commanders are coming off a blowout to the Eagles. They really got their shit kicked in by the Lions two weeks ago, too. The Commanders have had some brutal first halves. Just brutal. And that's honestly a a pick that I'd think about having here. Maybe the Cowboys' first half. The line for first half hasn't come out yet, but keep your eye on it because I think there's some value to be had there. Honestly, in this game... Remember it because I'm going to put it in a couple of our big plays for the week here. I think the commanders cover the three-point line here, and the reason is pretty simple. Despite all of Carson Wentz's struggle so far, I think the commanders are getting a little bit too much hate as a result of their two sort of flatline performances. This commander's team is not that bad. Carson Wentz has shown himself to be a competent quarterback. Uh, Competent seems a little strong, but he's a guy who can make throws in between making incredibly boneheaded and terrible plays, but he can make a lot of 1% NFL quarterback throws. I think this is a divisional matchup that ends up being a tight contest. The Commanders may win outright. Give me the Commanders plus money to win outright. I'm going to throw them in a couple parlays, but they may be one of my straight up money line plays. Another thing to keep in mind with these three-point spreads, sometimes there's a lot of value to be had if you think a team's going to cover as a three-point underdog to just dabble on the money line. Because if you're right on let's say three out of four or two out of four of these uh, situations, then the money line payout will cover a lot of your losses. It's just how these estimated value picks work. Pulled that from Warren Sharp not too long ago, a religious uh, student of his in terms of betting on these games, something to keep in mind as you're looking at your slate this week. Next up, the Lions at the Seattle Seahawks. This line is weird, man. This line opened at the Lions minus one, and it's already crept up to the Lions minus six. Over under in this game is set at 50. One thing to keep in mind ahead of this game, DeAndre Swift, we don't know what's going on with him yet. We don't know what his injury status is going to be ahead of this game. It's likely, I think, at this time that he misses this game. Despite that, I'm looking at this line movement, and anytime I see a line climb so rapidly, I'm always, always, always going to climb on the team where uh, the line is moving in their favor. So in this case, the Lions, I don't know. I look at this line now, it's minus six over under 50. The Lions have been a unbelievable, an unbelievable spread team this year. They're 3-0 against the spread. They're one of the best spread teams of all time under Dan Campbell. All they do is cover. My fear now is this line at six points is a little bit too high. Watching the Seahawks play this past week, I couldn't help but notice that there was a marked improvement in their pace of play. The Seahawks over the last two or three years have been one of the slowest pace of play offenses in the entire NFL. How many plays they're running per game? They ran like something like 49 plays per game for the first two weeks, which was last in the league. They ran 69 plays this week, which was, I think, a concerted effort. Pete Carroll, after week two, said they wanted to increase their pace of play. They ran a lot of plays with 15 seconds left on the play clock. They weren't always up against the buzzer in terms of getting the snap off, running out the clock effectively. And if the Seahawks can do that, I think that increases the viability of this offense for everything, for gambling purposes, for fantasy purposes, for viewing purposes. This is an offense that you can actually watch without wanting to claw your eyes out now. If they're not going to be running out the clock, they're going to be taking shots with DK Metcalf. They're going to be getting the ball to Tyler Lockett. They're going to be using some of their electric running backs and Rashad Penny and Kenneth Walker. For all those reasons, if I had to give a pick in this game, I'm taking the Seahawks plus six. Now, keep this in mind. This six-point line, this 50-point sort of lower over under, this is a prime teaser candidate for me, and it's going to be probably a teaser. I'm going to match up with that Falcons line that I talked about before, but we'll get back to that. We'll talk about it a little later when I give out my main picks for this day of football. Next up, the Chargers at the Houston Texans. The Chargers got their asses handed to them by the Texans last year. People forget. 
That's part of the reason why I'm fading Staley as a coach. Houston is 2-0-1 against the spread this year, and they're 5-0 against the spread in their last five games against the AFC. The Texans have been taking care of business since last year in terms of being a spread team. They're not going to be world beaters. They're effectively tanking on purpose, but Davis Mills is a pretty competent quarterback. We talk about him basically every week on this show because this is another cover king. This guy, Dan Campbell, the cover kings of the NFL right now, and despite all of that, the Chargers are coming off an embarrassing, embarrassing, embarrassing loss. I would stay away from this game because I don't trust Staley right now, the the Chargers head coach. He's not a guy I feel confident in putting my money on right now. But if I had to give a lean here, I would lean Chargers minus five and a half. This feels like a get-right game for the Chargers. They should have Keenan Allen back this week, despite all their injuries, uh, despite losing Joey Bosa. This feels like a game where they're going to put a hurting on Houston on the road, despite all the factors seeming to think that they, they won't do that this week. All their injuries and all their sort of history of coming out flat against these teams that they should really put a hurting on. Next up, the Chicago Bears at the New York Giants. Over-under in this game is set at a paltry 39.5. I have this line set at the Giants minus three. Uh, this line feels a little weird to me. The Bears are two and one. Uh, the Giants come into week four, 2-0. We don't know if they're 3-0 yet. That being said, they're maybe the worst 2-0 team ever. <laughs> One of the worst of all time. And now they get a Bears team that everyone's writing off. This passing offense is throwing for about 100 yards per game. The Bears are doing everything they can to lose football games right now, and they're not doing it. Their their offense is an abomination, uh, and their defense has been surprisingly good. They've, they've made some game-winning plays over the last three weeks, especially against the Niners, especially against the Texans this past week. For all those reasons, give me the Bears to win this game outright. I think they upset the Giants. I think they may be just as good as this Giants team, despite the fact that Justin Fields may be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Not maybe. He is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now. And I'm fading the Giants. I don't believe in this team. Give me every opportunity I can to make money off this Giants team being artificially inflated by the Dable hype, by the playing in New York hype. Give me the Bears plus three. And then I'm going to put some more on the money line here. Love it. Love the Bears here. Our next game is maybe the best game of the week, something nobody would have said a few weeks ago. The Jaguars at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles open as six and a half point favorites in this game. The over-under is set at 48 and a half. So both the Jaguars and the Eagles are coming off major victories. The Jaguars putting a hurting on the Los Angeles Chargers on the road. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looking like a superstar level quarterback, the number one pick quarterback, generational talent that he was touted as coming out of college. Jalen Hurts looks like an MVP level player. He's coming off his worst rushing game as a starter in the NFL. And despite that, he passed the shit out of the ball. The guy is just throwing dimes up and down the field. He's making use of his receivers. He's doing everything you want out of a superstar quarterback. And he's proving a lot of people, myself included, wrong about him. I didn't believe that Jalen Hurts was capable of this. I didn't believe he could lead a top of the conference level roster. I picked this team to be the number one seed ahead of the season, in part just because everywhere I read, everything I was looking into, everyone was so high on this roster. And despite my consternations about who Hurts may be, he seems to have improved 
as a passer, taken the tools made available to him this offseason by the Eagles front office, and just gone away running with it. He's using the middle of the field in a way he was not using it last year, was not using it as a rookie. As a result of that, he has taken that next step that we look for in young quarterbacks in this league. So, I like the Eagles, minus six and a half. It seems like a lot of points for a Jaguars team that may be one of the better teams in the AFC. Doug Peterson is completely turning this roster around. Everyone made fun of them, myself included, for signing Christian Kirk for too much money. And you know what? They're doing really good. The, this offense looks really good. Uh, Christian Kirk's going to catch a touchdown every week. Uh, he he looks like a real number one receiver, despite what everyone said. And you know what? You have to pay a Jacksonville tax sometimes. And it's worked out for them. Despite all that, give me the Eagles, minus six and a half. The Eagles have a really fortuitous schedule this year. And their defense is coming together, coalescing in a way that I think is just impressive to watch on top of their offense just constantly week after week wearing teams down and moving the ball with ease this team has so many weapons Devonta Smith AJ Brown Jalen Hurts it's too much for the Jaguars even for a Jaguars defense that right now looks like one of the best in the entire league I may also sprinkle a little bit on the under 48 and a half in this game just because I think both of these defenses are a little bit undervalued After last week's offensive showings by both the Eagles and the Jaguars, the public is going to be eager to hammer this over, and I love to fade the public in these spots. It just seems too obvious to me that this game is going to be one that's sort of a slog where both offenses are struggling to finish drives. We see a lot of field goals, and we don't go over that 48.5. So Eagles minus 6.5 and the under 48.5 in Jaguars-Eagles. Next, my Pittsburgh Steelers are hosting the New York Jets In Pittsburgh, the line is three and a half. The Steelers are giving that to a Zach Wilson-led Jets team, his first game of the NFL season. The over-under in this game is set at 41 and a half. Steelers are 1-1-1 against the spread so far this NFL season, but they are an incredible home spread team for Mike Tomlin since his time taking over as head coach. They have won 54% of their games since... Tomlin taking over in 2007, 54 of their games at home, I mean. And now they host Zach Wilson, who I think is going to take the crown from Justin Fields as the worst starting quarterback in the NFL immediately upon stepping on a field this week. I'm eager to bet against Zach Wilson until the lines start getting artificially inflated to the point of no return. So give me a pathetic Steelers team, a Trubisky-led Steelers team that everyone is fading after three weeks of disgusting, pathetic offensive performances. Minus three. Uh, The under in this game, I don't know what to do with it. It's so gross. 41 and a half seems like a lot of points for these two offenses to score. But that said, Trubisky actually looked markedly better in his last game against the Browns. The Steelers are coming off one of those mini buys, 10 days rest coming into this game. I think this offense is going to make some improvements. I think Mitch is going to take some deep shots. Give me Deontay Johnson, anytime touchdown scorer in this game. I would maybe even look at George Pickens, anytime touchdown scorer. Uh, There's going to be some value to be had there. I think Trubisky is going to take some shots. He tried to do it last week. There were a lot of drops. The Steelers' opportunities were not converted. I think they convert those opportunities this week at home against the Jets and take care of business covering this three-and-a-half-point line. Cardinals at the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers coming off a big-time win over divisional rival New Orleans Saints. The Cardinals are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Ugh. I don't want to bet on either of these teams. I do not like to bet on Cliff Kingsbury, I think is one of the big dum-dums of the NFL. 
Matt Rule is not long for this NFL world. He is going to lose his job. It's just a matter of time. I don't understand why teams do this. There's no way that he can continue on this way. Baker Mayfield is in the midst of his last season as an NFL starting quarterback. Everything about this Panthers team is gross besides their defense. Uh, Christian McCaffrey looks like Josh Jacobs. He's not really converting a lot of passing opportunities. He's not the receiver we thought he would be coming into this year. This game is going to be disgusting. The Cardinals have been constantly, constantly disappointing this year. Everything about their offense looked just gross. Once again, um, Kyler Murray, short king, does not convert a passing touchdown last week. No scores. Now he goes on the road against a Panthers defense that played really well. This Cardinals defense ended up putting up quite a fight against a Rams offense that is ending up or will end up the season being one of the better units in the NFL. This Cardinals defense is really coming together, I think, in a way that's going to pose challenges for the Panthers offensively. The Panthers can't do anything offensively. And in a 1.5 line for the Cardinals, there's no way I can bet on a Panthers team. There's no way I can bet on Baker Mayfield and Matt Rule even catching anything. Give me the Cardinals minus one and a half points here. The Packers are hosting the New England Patriots at Lambeau Field. The Patriots coming off another loss, proving that they may be one of the worst offenses, worst teams in the AFC this year. I see that. All right, with a little joy, I'm excited to see them suffer. But whatever, now Mac Jones is not going to be there. He suffers a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss this game. They're going to have the dreaded Brandon Hoyer starting a quarterback for them against a Packers team that seems to be putting it together a little bit, at least defensively. They're going to put a hurting on Hoyer, I think, this week. This line is set at 10.5. The over-under set at 39. There's really not a lot to say about this game. I don't want to touch a line that high typically, but usually they're trying to scare away people from betting on the Packers here. So if I had a lean, it would be the Packers minus 10 and a half, and I don't want to think about this game ever again. So that's that. Next up, the Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, The line in this game is Raiders minus two and a half points. 44 over under in this game. The Broncos have looked like an abomination through three weeks. Russell Wilson looks short, old, and bad. And he's been at least two of those things for three years now. And now they go on the road against a divisional rival that is looking to get off the schneid. The Broncos are a terrible 2-1 team that have looked bad at every turn. They cannot convert offensive opportunities. This offense looks completely terrible. Sutton seems to be the only receiver worth his salt right now on this offense. More importantly, Russell Wilson, $270 million man, cannot hit open throws. He's not finding his rhythm. He doesn't run the ball anymore. He's too short to see over the line. He doesn't use the middle of the field. This Broncos team was overhyped coming into the season. Nathaniel Hackett looks completely over his head. Give me the Raiders minus two. Give me the Raiders everywhere. I think they take care of business at home. Get off the snide. Josh McDaniels gets his first win against a struggling Broncos team. Now, Sunday Night Football, a game that may be moved because of the impending hurricane hitting the Tampa area this week. The Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This over-under is set at 45. The Chiefs are two and a half point favorites in this game. And you know what? I'm staying away from the straight-up play in this game. The Chiefs are coming off a terrible, terrible loss. Mahomes struggled to convert some real opportunities. He overthrows Juju Smith-Schuster on a surefire touchdown. They had about three or four opportunities to put that game away against the Colts. They allow the Colts to stay in it. The Colts ultimately convert at the end of the game, uh, winning that game, pulling that one out of their ass. And now the Chiefs are going to be looking to get back on their shit. This is a team that projects themselves to be a Super Bowl contender, even without Tyreek Hill. 
They took care of business against their first two opponents, the Cardinals and the Chargers. Now they go into Tampa, a team that's coming off a heartbreaking last-second loss against the Packers. Tampa Bay just cannot figure it out offensively. I don't see them figuring it out this week. This is not the week they get things going. These two defenses, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, two of the better units in the entire NFL. Everyone is going to be hammering the over in this game uh, because it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady is going through a divorce and can't seem to hit an open man or convert a lot of drives into touchdowns right now. He's not the 40 touchdown thrower we've seen in Tampa Bay to date. I took his under on touchdowns at 35 and a half before the season started, and I'm feeling good about it so far. This guy's 45 years old. He's not the player he once was. He's missing almost all of his offensive weapons. We don't know who's going to be back besides Mike Evans this week. Julio's still hurt. Godwin's still hurt. This whole team is sort of given off a bad juju since the beginning of the season. Everything about them just stinks. So give me the Chiefs on the ATS play, but more importantly, the big play in this game, I think, is the under. 45, everyone else, the public's going to be all over the over. Oh, Tom Brady, oh, Patrick Mahomes. Be smart, go with the under, two of the better defensive units in the entire NFL. Brady's been struggling to convert touchdowns. Give it, do it, cash out the under in Bucks versus Chiefs. Do it now. Finally, our last game of the week, Monday Night Football, the Los Angeles Rams on the road against the San Francisco 49ers. The Niner, Jimmy Garoppolo, getting his second start now after a pretty mediocre performance last week. Uh, the Puntathon against the Broncos in prime time. The NFL should be brought up on criminal charges for putting the Broncos and the Niners in so many prime time games. All these punts are driving me insane. For the love of God, please stop at NFL. Roger, if you're listening, please, please stop. Now, this game, the over-under is set at 42 and a half. Uh, the Niners are two and a half point favorites. Somehow does not make any sense to me. Usually when something stinks like this, I'm staying away. Uh, my initial indication would be slam, 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 slam the Rams. The Rams are better than the Niners. But the fact that this line came out at minus two and a half for the Niners, ooh, it stinks to me. I'm dodging it. I will be throwing this in a teaser though. You heard that over under, it's low. You heard that line, two and a half. Ooh, we're in the teaser zone. We're in the teaser zone. So remember this over under here. If I had a lean, I guess I'd lean the Niners here. But remember this line because it's gonna be in one of our big picks for the week. So now our main picks for this week, I've mentioned them. Here are my three plays for you. First off, a nice daytime sort of teaser, get things started. Falcons plus eight and a half right in that teaser zone against a Browns team that, ah, I don't know, this, this Falcons team's got a lot of weapons. You can't put them away. They could get a late touchdown, cover this tease right just through the back door. Uh, I'm going to be putting them with the Lions, uh, the Lions Minus nothing just to cover that game on the road against the Seahawks. The Lions are not going to lose every game. They're the cover kings. Uh, they may not cover this game. As I said before, I think the Seahawks ultimately cover the six points. But I think the Lions win this game. The Seahawks are not going to win. They're trying to stay competitive, but they're not going to be the Lions team that is desperately, desperately looking to remain competitive in a competitive NFC North. So my first tease, my big tease is going to be the Lions to win and the Falcons plus eight and a half. Am I super happy about betting on Jared Goff and Marcus Mariota? Uh, no, not really as I say it out loud, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Now my big money line parlay this week, the Chargers money line, the Washington Commanders underdog money line, and the Arizona Cardinals money line. That is a plus 562 money line parlay. So if you put $100, you win $562. It's a cash play. We're going to have some fun with that one. That's a money line parlay, Chargers, Washington Commanders, and Arizona Cardinals. 
Now, a primetime teaser. One of my favorite picks of the week. You get every primetime game here. Three games. The Sunday morning London game, beginning with the Saints plus eight and a half. Then the under in Chiefs Bucks, like I mentioned, Sunday night football. So you have a little sprinkle on, on the Sunday night game. 51 and a half. You tease that line up and you get that fun under that I talked about. You're, you're fading the public there on the over with Brady and Mahomes. Finally, on Monday night football, you've hit both legs. You get the Rams plus eight and a half. We have another low over under game. We get to bet on Sean McVay against the Niners, a team that he's really handled. He, he's taking care of business against them when it really mattered last year. Remember the iconic sort of playoff game last time these two teams met. So that is our primetime teaser this week. Saints plus eight and a half under 51 in the Chiefs Bucks game and Rams plus eight and a half our primetime teaser this week. That does it for us this week. Thanks, as always, guys, for listening. I will be back next week with more picks. Until then, I will talk to you guys soon. Bye now.